0: Stay at home, that is the order tonight.
1: Stay home. When COVID hit, experts were quick to tell us exactly what to do. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Turns out washing our hands doesn't protect us, but being outdoors does. At the beginning of the pandemic, experts told us stay home, close schools, don't wear masks, do wear masks, disinfect countertops. How to clean and disinfect your home. Now, three years later, we can say who was right and who was wrong. In Florida, the pandemic is raging. The media got a lot wrong. They repeatedly trashed Florida's governor for lifting lockdowns. Governor DeSantis is just acting irresponsibly. While praising New York's governor. Governor Cuomo is doing an amazing job. I'm wowed by what you did. The governor's brother gushed over New York's lockdowns and sneered at Florida's reopening. That's why states like Florida are in such dire straits. But Florida wasn't in dire straits. Florida and New York had about the same number of deaths. And if you take age into account, Florida has more old people. Florida did better than New York. In general, three years later, we see little difference between states that opened up and those that didn't. In fact, the states with the fewest deaths are liberal Vermont and conservative Utah. Around the world, the experts and the media were just as wrong. Sweden's failed experiment. How their dangerous COVID gamble went wrong. Reporters trashed Sweden. Officials
0: made the decision not to lock down, hoping it would lead to widespread immunity. But cases are surging.
1: Cases were surging. Then, deaths too. But allowing people to develop immunity did pay off. Sweden ultimately did better than its neighbors. In fact, Sweden has had fewer excess deaths than most other countries, says the OECD. Did you hear about that from American media that trashed Sweden? I didn't think so. Excess deaths, say researchers. Deaths above the pre-COVID average. That's the best way to compare countries' COVID experience. It's because some countries undercount COVID.
0: a huge gap between reported deaths and COVID deaths.
1: India reported fewer than a million deaths, but there were probably many more, because there were 5 million excess deaths in India. Former Soviet countries undercounted too.
2: <laughs>
1: the dictator of Belarus played hockey and said his country was COVID free. Belarus and other former Soviet states claimed they did well. But excess death data show they did terribly. Maxim Lott maps this data and posts it at the website Maximum Truth. His COVID fudge factor reveals the communist culture of hiding the truth is alive and well. Here's the excess death data for the whole world. The dark shaded countries like Russia, Bulgaria, and Peru did worst. Countries in gray mean there wasn't enough reliable data. Lighter places like Mongolia and Kenya did very well. I was surprised to see that Kenya and Togo and Sub Saharan Africa did well. Surprised because Africa has low vaccination rates and less high quality medical care. Lot says it's probably because their population's so young. COVID rarely harms young people.
0: <laughs>
1: what does the data say about countries like Australia? Places that impose brutal lockdowns. For anyone who breaches quarantine, they face fines and even jail. The penalties ranging from as much as $50,000 in WA and 12 months behind bars. Australia's rigid rules did save lives, partly because the island sealed its borders, banning almost all travel. For two years, there was little COVID in Australia. But once almost every Australian was vaccinated, the government lifted its lockdown. COVID cases soared. Population adjusted. Australia now has had more COVID cases than the US, but far fewer deaths. Partly because when Australia stopped its lockdown, Omicron was circulating, and the Omicron strain is less deadly. Were Australia's strict lockdowns worth it? You are bending
0: my arm backwards.
1: The average Australian lived two weeks longer because the country's strict rules limited Covid spread. But would you want to deal with Australia's authoritarian lockdown to live two weeks longer? I wouldn't. And it turns out people in China don't want that either. They're chanting that they don't want COVID tests, they want freedom. Protesting's illegal in China, so these people risk their lives. Here, factory workers threw barricades at security guards in white hazmat suits. The workers have been forced to stay inside an iPhone factory for weeks to keep them safe from COVID. After the protests...
0: China did a U-turn and lifted most of its severe COVID rules.
1: What can America learn from all this? We now know that draconian lockdowns can save lives. But lockdowns hurt people financially. New York lost 400,000 jobs since the start of the pandemic. Florida gained 400,000. Also, kids in lockdown states suffered. Obesity increased in New York by five percentage points. Just because New York kept schools closed? Well, in Florida, where schools reopened sooner, obesity actually fell a little kids' education suffered an historic setback. Scores decreased by the largest amount ever recorded. In Sweden, which never closed its primary schools, kids suffered no learning loss. I get that we know more now. Three years ago, terrified politicians just wanted to do something. But next pandemic, I wish they'd be a little humble, except that they don't know everything. All of us have different values about safety versus freedom. Life's better when we individuals get to make our own decisions. You get to make your own decisions about what you watch. Glad you decided to watch this video. If you like our videos, please click that button. Help us make more.
3: Disaster
1: in Puerto Rico. Storm after storm. Puerto Rico desperately needs supplies. Over 60% of the island is still without power. After Hurricane Fiona, Puerto Rico needed fuel. Yet right offshore, within sight of land, was this tanker carrying a full load of fuel. But the US government forbade it to come ashore. For days it just sat here, while people suffered.
0: Long lines for diesel, long lines for gasoline.
1: Why didn't they let the
3: ship deliver its fuel? because of a stupid law
1: with a stupid name, the Jones Act.
3: It restricts domestic shipping to vessels that are U.S. built and U.S.
1: crewed. Because this ship was registered in the Marshall Islands, it wasn't allowed to bring its fuel ashore. Your rules really hurt people. They don't. What the
0: Jones Act does is ensure reliable, dedicated
1: service. Jennifer Carpenter speaks for the American Maritime Partnership. They represent ship owners, builders, and labor unions. They demand that the government forbid these efficient foreign ships from competing with American ships. And politicians obey.
4: My strong support for the Jones Act.
1: When the Jones Act strangles places, reporters often ask.
0: Why not lift the
1: Jones Act? And even tough guy politicians hesitate. But we have a lot of shippers
4: and a lot of people and a lot of uh, people that work in the shipping industry that don't want the Jones Act lifted.
1: So basically, you're giving money to politicians and they ban your competition.
0: The Jones Act is a time-tested American security law, so we are not at the mercy of foreign
3: powers, foreign vessels, foreign mariners. We use foreign mariners and foreign vessels every day.
1: Cato Institute trade specialist Scott Linsicum points out that foreign vessels travel to America all the time. Here they are one recent day,
3: crowding into New York Harbor. It is only in shipping between American ports that we don't allow for those vessels. Think about that.
1: Foreign ships can deliver from China to America, Russia to America, but not from Seattle to Alaska, Los Angeles to Hawaii, Miami to Puerto Rico. That's illegal? I asked the lobbyists, why couldn't desperate Puerto Ricans get this fuel, which was right offshore? There was a US flag ship en route to Puerto Rico. But the US ship wasn't there yet. Carpenter mocks the foreign competitor who got there first
0: foreign oil trader that thought they could make a quick buck by using a foreign ship instead. There was no shortage of fuel on Puerto Rico. But there
1: was. There is a fuel shortage that is keeping most generators from helping. Puerto Rico's governor begged the Biden administration to waive the Jones Act. And the bureaucrats finally did. The Biden administration has moved to allow a non-US flagship to transport fuel to Puerto Rico. When not blocking needed supplies, the main thing the Jones Act does is make Americans pay more for things. The Jones
5: Act cost the average Hawaii family about $1,800 a year.
1: Did banning foreigners at least do good things for America's shipbuilding industry? No. America, to build the largest fleet of cargo ships ever to sail the Seven Seas. Fifty years ago, America built about 18 ships every year. Last year, just one. America's fleet once had 250 ships, now 90. There were once more than 400 American shipyards. 300 are now gone. Because of your monopoly, American shipyards keep closing. They don't have any competition, so they don't improve.
0: Competition within our industry and with other modes of transportation is vigorous. It is dog eat dog.
1: No, it's not, because the best dogs are banned.
0: The US government is not subsidizing US shipyards in the way that many of our strategic competitors and allies are doing.
1: Okay, that's true, and it's good that America gives out fewer subsidies. But foreign subsidies
3: are only a small part of why American ships are so much more expensive. Four to five times more expensive to build a ship in the United States than to do so in a place like Japan or Korea or in our NATO ally countries. The difference really is decades and decades of being protected from competition, simply not having to innovate.
1: No American shipyard builds ships like this that hold natural gas because of the Jones Act. That's a big problem.
3: New England is
0: facing its highest energy costs in more than 25 years.
1: This New England governor knows what to blame.
2: The Jones Act, this antiquated 100-year-old union-driven
1: policy. So does this energy company president who wants to buy natural gas.
2: That's down in the Gulf that we could access if we could get relief from the Jones Act.
0: He
1: wants the gas, he can't get gas for the winter.
0: Why didn't you enter into long-term contracts to ensure a reliable supply of gas or whatever fuel you needed to run your plants. Your poor planning is not a Jones Act problem. It's a planning problem.
1: I did bad planning. Why can't I use the South Korean ship?
0: A Jones Act waiver is not the way to address poor planning.
1: Thanks to people like her, Today, waivers are even more restricted. You give politicians money not to grant waivers.
0: Hold up. All right, let's let's unpack this. Frankly, you know, waivers should be safe, legal, and rare. What we too often see is somebody's trying to make a quick buck. There's no national defense need. There's no shortage of product. It's, hey, I could save some
1: money. But saving money is good for consumers. It's good for everyone except America's shipping monopoly. They don't want competition. Of course, most industries don't. Don't sell the tough Americans short. American car makers didn't want competition. They worried as foreign cars won American consumers.
2: It's no secret a lot of people believe American cars aren't filled as well as Japanese or
1: European cars. Because American automakers were forced to compete with Volkswagen, Honda, Toyota, they stepped up their game.
3: No one can say our cars don't stack up. Just like foreign competition improved American automobiles, foreign competition would do the same for American-made ships. He's right. Competition works. The Jones
1: Act should die. We'd all be better off if America's shipping industry had to compete. I can't believe this stupid Jones Act. Yet, that's how much of our government works. Established industries manipulate politicians to get special deals for themselves at the average person's expense. We'll keep reporting on that here, wherever we see it. Uh, If you run across any video that really tells that story, please go to johnstossel.com and send it to us. The home of the 45th president of the
0: United States
1: has been raided. You've heard about the secret documents at Donald Trump's home. Willful, almost obsessive mishandling of some of our
3: nation's most sensitive secrets. Democrats were outraged. This was dangerous to our national security. Material that, if disclosed, could betray sources. But then President Biden got caught, too.
0: Around 20 potentially classified records have been found at his Wilmington home.
1: Suddenly, conservatives were upset. Thanks to Joe Biden, America's most sensitive secrets were floating around. Sensitive secrets? Really? When the media proclaimed... This
0: is a national security crisis.
1: That's media hysteria. The truth is, the word classified these days
3: means little. Government classifies three things every second. A lot of top secrets are nothing of the kind.
1: Historian Matthew Connolly spent years researching government
3: secrets. He says bureaucrats know. As much as they're told that they're only supposed to classify information that's really important and really sensitive, they end up classifying all kinds of nonsense.
1: But some of the documents Trump and Biden had were marked top secret. Top secret could include nuclear codes and troop movements, but many aren't sensitive at all. Anything that might embarrass me, top
3: secret. Even like telling a friend, let's go have coffee, they'll end up classifying that email as top secret.
1: For years, government even classified how much peanut butter the army bought. Then there's this. We can't afford to have the Russians leading the
2: field in the paranormal.
1: Our military also classified research it did with psychics. You will be a psychic weapon! Hollywood turned it into this silly movie.
3: Could soldiers kill goats by staring at them? (laughs) A lot of what the government keeps secret, they keep it secret simply because it's embarrassing. I recently interviewed a former CIA director and gave him a hard time
1: about what gets classified. Former CIA Director Hayden says he got an email saying Merry Christmas that was classified top secret. Mr. Hayden should have immediately said, don't know why this is classified, who classified this, who made the mistake. But our bureaucrats don't do that. Occasionally they try to declassify some, but being government, this ridiculous blueprint is the official process.
3: So this was supposed to be a solution. They were going to streamline and accelerate the declassification of records.
1: But this is insane. No wonder nothing gets declassified.
3: They don't care whether it works or it doesn't. They don't care because in government, stamping something classified protects you. In all my years of research, I've never found a single instance of anybody being fired for overclassifying something. I would imagine bureaucrats think, "Ooh, if I label this classified, I'm more important. It's well known in Washington that many officials won't even look at something unless it's classified.
1: That's why today, a pile of all the classified paper in Washington would be as tall as 26 Washington monuments. Clinton, Carter, Obama, Nixon all pledged to do something.
3: Not in one case did they actually manage to reduce the rate at which our government was creating secrets. In fact, the amount of secrecy only increased and accelerated. Which brings us back to today's news. Senior officials are the ones who end up treating these secrets like it's their personal property. It's not just Trump and Biden, of course. Classified documents were discovered at the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. Before
4: that...
1: Presidential candidate Hillary Clinton sent at least four personal emails containing classified information. Former CIA Director Petraeus gave hundreds of documents to his mistress. Also, some of Biden's documents were labeled...
3: Personal. I'd like to know, who thought that this was his personal property? They should give me immediately back everything that they've taken from, because it's mine. These are our property. These records are our history.
1: Ordinary people who take records home often go to jail. The little people. Bet that won't happen to Biden or Trump. But the problem is bigger than who gets punished. The real threat is that, as piles of uselessly classified documents grow, They make genuine secrets harder to keep. It's good we kept the enemy from knowing
3: where the D-Day landing was going to be. Frontal assault on an entrenched enemy. In fact, that was the first top secret, the D-Day landing. The second one was the atomic bomb. And I think every American can understand we have to keep secrets. Classifying things can keep us safe. Overclassifying makes us less safe. When we create tens of millions of new secrets every year, it's impossible to identify and protect the things that really do have to be protected.
1: We don't keep secrets here at Stossel TV. We share our videos with you. And to make sure you get the next ones, please subscribe and hit the notification bell. Have you heard? The world's about to end.
0: We are in the beginning of a mass extinction.
1: Throughout history, people predicted the end of humanity. This month, 60 Minutes was on the case. You seem to be saying that humanity is not sustainable.
5: No, humanity is not sustainable.
1: Bizarrely, they featured this man, who has always
5: predicted doom. We are very close to a famine disaster in the United States.
1: Why would they treat him like an expert? Paul Ehrlich may have lived long enough to see some of his dire prophecies come true. But his dire prophecies, again and again, turn out to be
5: wrong. In the next 15 years, the end will come. And by the end, I mean an utter breakdown of the capacity of the planet to support humanity.
1: His bestseller, which sold an amazing three million copies, said, nothing can prevent a substantial increase in the world death rate. That was comically wrong. Today, there are 4 billion more people. The death rate fell dramatically.
5: Too many people, too much consumption.
1: 60 Minutes did mention that Ehrlich was wrong about widespread starvation. But they take him seriously, never mentioning his other ridiculous predictions, like his claim that by the year 2000, England will not exist because of climate change. But England's still here. Instead of interviewing doomsayers like Ehrlich, 60 Minutes should talk to Marian Tupi, the
2: creator of humanprogress.org. Everybody is getting richer, and longer living, and life is getting better.
1: It is. The modern era has brought much longer lives, and the greatest decline in poverty ever.
2: Young activists think capitalists are destroying the earth.
0: Millions of people are dying.
2: People are throwing paint at, uh, works of art or blocking traffic. They believe it's the moral thing to do because
1: experts like Ehrlich scare them. Paul Ehrlich wouldn't talk to me for this video, but seven years ago he did talk to us. He said, well, when you predict the future, you get
5: things wrong. It's very difficult for me to picture things holding together for more than another decade.
1: He's wrong about
2: everything, but they invite him back. They love this stuff. If you sell the apocalypse, People feel like you are deep and that you care. But if you are selling rational optimism, you sound uncaring. Uncaring?
3: Childbearing is is herewith forbidden.
1: It's the doomsayers who are uncaring. You
5: have to get the death rate and birth rate in balance. And there's only two ways to do it. One is to bring the birth rate down. The other is to push the death rate up.
1: Ehrlich even suggested that government should sterilize people. To prevent
2: the population from rising. Paul Ehrlich always sees human beings as a problem, destroyers rather than creators. He thinks that human beings are no different to rats or rabbits. When we consume all the grass around us, our population explodes and then it's going to collapse. But human beings are fundamentally different. We have the capacity to innovate. Marian Tupi is the anti-Ehrlich. His new book, Super Abundance, shows More
1: people are good for humanity and the environment. It's counterintuitive to think that more people can be good for the environment because the people
2: will buy cars and they need housing. We use stuff. We use stuff, but we also grow stuff. What matters is new knowledge. Think about something as simple as sand. When we started melting down sand to create glass, we used the first glass for glass beads, or jars. But now we are using glass in fiber optic cables and microchips. Similar innovation in farming, transportation, genetic
1: engineering is why our growing population won't destroy nature. But we're told we're destroying forests.
2: Looks like a a disease across the planet. Boom, there goes the forest. Nonsense. Forests have grown by 35% in North America and Western Europe in the last 20 years. Grown because people found ways to produce more
1: food on less land. And prosperous countries can afford to protect nature. But the idea that human innovation is helping nature isn't as popular as doomsayers' claims.
5: This universe is finite, its resources finite. If life is left unchecked, life will cease to exist.
1: When Ehrlich's book became
2: popular, Thanos, a comic book character, was introduced. By killing 50% of all living things in the universe, he will allow the other half to live on. In the year 2022, nothing runs anymore. That same year, we also got the movie Soylent Green. The population of the United States has run out of food, and so every time a human being dies, he or she is converted into a biscuit. Called and Green.
5: Step right up, Silent Green. Silent
2: Green, you That's then fed to the
1: people.
5: You gotta tell them, Silent Green is people.
1: Now we're past 2022, and we're still not eating each other. Nevertheless, ignorant doomsayers still want us to panic.
0: I wanted to feel the fear I feel every day.
1: Many young people have been so misled; they're afraid to have kids. But that would hurt the world. The biggest problem the world will face in 20 years is population collapse. That's a bigger problem. Fewer women have babies today. But we need young people to provide the innovation that will solve the Earth's problems. If fewer people have babies, the child who might grow up to cure cancer or develop a miracle battery may never be born. But more
2: people by itself is not enough to get all this innovation. It is certainly not. If the number of people was all that mattered, China would have been the richest country for centuries. But in fact, what you need is people and freedom. If you let human beings be free, they are going to create more value for everyone.
3: Where we're going, we don't need
2: roads.
1: I hope you like this video. If you want to help us create more value, please click that button. Do you recycle? For sure, absolutely.
0: Absolutely, everything I possibly can.
1: For decades, we've been told. Recycle America, don't just throw. Because recycling will save the planet. You're saving the Earth! And that's what people believe.
0: We have to do it for the kids, for the next generation. This will all be back on the shelf as a cracker or cereal box in about four to five weeks.
1: This recycling company is run by Lynn Hoffman.
0: If we're not using recycled paper and cardboard, we're cutting down more trees.
1: Recycling paper and cardboard does save trees. Recycling aluminum does save energy. But most of the other stuff is impractical to recycle.
0: That's right. This is material that came in to the recycling facility from people's recycling carts and is gonna leave as trash.
1: Huge amounts of what people send to her recycling plant will never be recycled. The worst is plastic, which for years has been marked with the recycling symbol.
0: We see stuff like this all the time. Recycling arrows on it, please recycle. Not recyclable.
1: Even worse, plastic bags clog the recycling machines. You
0: have to climb in for a couple hours every day and cut them out with the box cutter.
1: But people think most of our plastic is recycled. Yeah, I do think so. Is it not? You're gonna tell me it's not? <laughs> that's what that's the trick. The reality is that
0: the amount of plastic actually recycled is around five percent.
5: Wow. I figured it was something coming, but I'm 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 shocked right now. I didn't know. It's sad.
1: All my life, I've heard about how important it is to recycle. It's not. Science writer John Tierney debunked recycling claims years ago. His New York Times Magazine story, Recycling is Garbage, set a record for Times hate mail. And yet, what you said is still true? It's even more true today. In fact, the economics have just gotten worse. Now, my city would save more than $300 million a
4: year if it just stopped recycling. Recycling is an industry that's using increasingly expensive labor to produce materials that are worth less and less. Because
1: it's not worth recycling here, much is shipped overseas to countries like Malaysia, where it's just piled up.
5: A vast field of plastic, two
1: stories high. Some of it from America. Let's see if we can look on the back here.
4: Marysville, Ohio. Look, Walmart bag.
1: They just dumb here.
0: And then they burn it.
1: That pollutes even more. And what they don't burn, they sometimes dump in the ocean. One garbage truck of plastic is dumped in the sea every minute. Barely any of that plastic comes from American shores. So... If you care about saving Flipper, you should put your plastic bottle in the garbage. The garbage? But then it would go to a landfill. And aren't we running out of space for landfills?
0: I'm sure we are.
1: People believe that because for years the media said We've about run out of places to throw away our throwaways. They think that because years ago there was so much publicity about this barge.
0: A symbol of this country's growing problems with trash.
1: The barge traveled thousands of miles looking for a place to dump its load. But it wasn't because there wasn't room. States turned the sparge away because alarmist media scared people about what it contained.
3: It could be infectious waste. Dripping brown ooze of
0: possibly
1: infectious material. We don't know what kind of tropical vermin is in that garbage. The EPA later found it was normal garbage. And landfills had plenty of room for it. Today they have more space than we'll ever need.
4: If you think of the United States as a football field, All the garbage that we will generate in the next 1,000 years would fit inside a tiny fraction of the one-inch
0: line. Really? Oh, that's surprising.
1: On top of that, today's landfills are not the polluters they once were. Some sensible regulations make sure they don't pollute. Eventually, landfills are turned into ski hills, parks, and golf courses. Putting garbage here is much cheaper than recycling. So
4: why do towns keep pushing recycling? They do it because people demand it. It's a sacrament of the green religion.
0: I rinse my cans, I take my labels off. If there's plastic on that something that's paper, I take the plastic piece off of it.
4: That's fine if they want to do it voluntarily, but we shouldn't mandate that. It's not my religion. I don't want to perform that
1: sacrament. I don't want to either. It's time consuming and complicated. My city orders us follow all these rules. That's one of the reasons recycling fails is because
4: it's so complicated, people never learn the rules, and why should they be spending their free time learning these rules? Worse, lots of what we do is pointless. If you rinse a a plastic bottle in hot water, the net result is more carbon dioxide in the
1: atmosphere than if you threw it in the garbage. Even Greenpeace said, most plastic simply cannot be recycled. So what's Greenpeace's solution? Let's stop producing it. You're saying, Don't use plastic at all. Ban plastic. I think that's where we're headed. No more plastic? But plastic often creates less emissions than alternatives. Environmental groups rarely mention that, or how they misled us about recycling for years.
4: It's appalling that after telling people for three decades to recycle, they don't even apologize for all the time and money that they've wasted. Instead, they have an even worse proposal
1: that will make life even worse and will be even more expensive. One time-consuming dream of theirs is a circular economy where everything is reused. If you're
0: running out of laundry detergent, you could take your jug back to the store and fill it up instead of buying another
1: one. That's really the goal. But people don't want to. You're, you're, you're asking them to do things they don't want to do. People also don't want insurance rates going up because
0: of catastrophic weather.
1: Catastrophic weather increases because someone doesn't recycle?
0: Sure, because of climate change.
1: Give me a break. Recycling's no climate savior. When Los Angeles mandated recycling, they added 400 polluting garbage trucks. But environmentalists still demand we pick through our trash switch from plastic to paper bags that rip. California even banned small plastic shampoo bottles. These little things.
4: You know. Why do you want to make life more difficult for travelers? Some of these rules are just so arbitrary and silly. It's simply a way, I think, for greens and for some politicians to pretend that they're saving the planet. And it's to just feel absurd. It yeah. feels like they're doing something. Right, and I think they get a charge out of telling people what to do.
1: I will never tell you what to do. But if you want to, please subscribe and hit the notification bell to make sure you get our next video. <laughs> Comic book superheroes. It's Superman! Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, These franchises made DC and Marvel billions. But have you noticed? The comics today are different. The new Superman, Jonathan Kent, will be bisexual. Here he is, kissing his boyfriend. Robin's now bisexual too. This upsets comic creator Eric July. Why? Let's make the world better for gay people.
5: He became bisexual out of nowhere. It was so obviously something that was done for political gain. But the writer of the gay Superman story says
2: gay people thank him.
3: People saying that they saw this news and burst into tears.
5: They make it seem as if the only way that you can relate to a character is because he, you're, you're gay and that character's gay, which is nonsense. My, my favorite character has been Batman. I ain't got Bruce Wayne money and I'm not rich uh, like that. I'm certainly not a white. July
1: points out that there have long been gay comic superheroes, but what's new is that DC and Marvel are changing the identity of established characters. The new Batman is black. Sun Spider is like Spider-Man except she's a lesbian who uses a wheelchair. And Iron Man is a teenage black girl. Maybe this is progress. When I was a kid, all the characters were white, so it's a good thing more are
5: non-white. But they've been just reduced to just being an item to pander to certain audiences that aren't really buying into it. They sure aren't. Marvel and DC no
1: longer have the best-selling graphic novels. Now the best sellers are manga books from Japan. Often they aren't even in color, yet now they're the biggest sellers.
5: Marvel and DCs aren't even in the top 20. They turned off their audience by focusing and hyper-emphasizing the social justice element of it. Does the evil character Modok look familiar? The face of that character obviously was Donald Trump. They wanted to paint him as a villain. It's bad art. Marvel hired leftist
1: writer Ta-Nehisi Coates to write a Captain America series. Coates turned the villain, Red Skull, into a bizarre version of Jordan Peterson. The comic promotes equality now. Stop hate now.
5: That's a good thing. When you have to tell your audience by, let's say, a character holding a sign during some protest, that certainly tells me you're not that creative. But protesting is what
1: superheroes do now. Here's Superman's son leading a strike for the climate.
5: They're a vehicle for these advocates of social justice. Brought to us by capitalists. These people aren't stupid, I assume.
1: I thought that capitalism would be a break on the silliest of the woke world. But in this case, they're just sabotaging their own
5: projects. It's basically mainstream modern let's say leftism.
0: When people are like, would you please get your politics out of my comic books?
5: This comic writer mocks her critics.
0: Captain America is a social justice warrior. And if you don't like my politics, don't buy my book
5: these guys are writing material for their peers so even if uh, the son of superman falls completely off the charts like it did right it does it's still a win in their
1: mind marvel even named some superheroes snowflake and safe space snowflake is non-binary and goes by they them (laughs) okay that's fine.
5: It is. I, I guess you could make the argument. But the fact that they were, he was leading with that, I think, was the problem. She's a group home and foster kid who is
1: volunteering at a, a senior center. Fan reaction to this preview video was horrendous. Marvel decided not to even release this comic. I wanted to ask Marvel and DC why they seem fine with losing market share, but they wouldn't talk to me. At least, their loss gives new opportunities to independent creators, like Eric July. He just released his first comic. Here's his
5: superhero, and he has plans for more. You've
1: raised more than $3 million?
5: Yes, $3.7 million. This is something
1: that people wanted. The market will decide that, but July understands something that Marvel and DC apparently no longer do, capitalism is about giving more people what they want. Are we at Stossel TV giving you what you want? Please, let us know. Do you remember the Shirley Sherrod scandal? Ms. Sherrod must resign immediately. The federal government cannot have skin color deciding any assistance. A video of Sherrod suggested that the Department of Agriculture loan officer refused to help a farmer because he was white. Sherrod then quit. This is a Fox News alert. An Obama administration official resigned just a short time ago. What then? We now know that video was edited to take what she said and twist it. I owe Miss Sherrod an apology. But lost in the hype about Shirley Sherrod was a much bigger story, one that's eating billions of your tax dollars.
5: What do we want? Tax, tax tax! When do we want it? Now!
1: These protesters brought tractors and horses to Washington, claiming that the Agriculture Department loan officers did the opposite of what Sherrod was falsely accused of. They favored whites. This lawyer claims the department is
3: racist. If John Stossel goes back to wherever you might have grown up and you decide to farm and you go in to get a loan, you're gonna do pretty well. You're a white man. But if you sent in a neighbor of yours who happened to be a black man to your local county committee, you're not gonna do well. Because they're all racist? Pretty much.
1: So he sued the government on behalf of black farmers the government issued a groveling apology. We are requiring full civil rights training for all of our employees, starting from me down. And the United States agreed to pay $50,000 to any black farmer who could show that the department discriminated against him. People in Congress said things like...
0: They need to start writing checks today.
1: The government is writing billions in checks, but farmer Jimmy Dismook says it's a scam because lawyers told people Anyone can
5: qualify for fifty thousand dollars. People say, "Well, how do I qualify?" And then they started talking about the potted plants, and they said, "If you had a potted plant, you can be a you're a farmer, and if you have a yard and you fertilize, you're a farmer." Dismuk showed us a list of people who got money. This one is not a farmer. This one's not a farmer. And then you go on and on on these pages. This one, this one, this one, this one, this one. They're not farmers.
1: We called and left messages for the people on the list, but no one responded. Dismuke was discriminated against, and he collected $50,000. But then he noticed what he calls the fraud. Since the government had few records, it settled the lawsuit by agreeing to write checks to people who just said they'd attempted to farm.
5: You know, attempted to farm could mean anything. You know, you know my, my little three-year-old grandson could have tempted. How could you lose? There's no way you could lose. Othello Cross. <sighs> Jimmy once hired this lawyer, yes, Othello Cross, okay.
1: who's made money by okay. filing thousands of $50,000 right. right. claims. This is the termination agreement. Cross says this he only learned about the fraud agreement. after the claims uh, were it paid.
5: It
1: People would come up to him and say...
5: Mm. Lawyer, you know, John never farmed in his life. His daddy never farmed. When I went back and looked at it, it was true. Mm-hmm. And so more than a billion dollars was given out to about
1: 15,000 farmers and attempted farmers. So many claimed they were farmers that recently Congress approved another $1 billion dollars plus for more claimants. This farmer, who didn't want to appear on camera, showed us a building where many people who said they attempted to farm filled out claims.
3: They wasn't really farmers, but Piri made it possible for them to be eligible by coming in and saying if you attempted to farm, that you are eligible. Al Pires, he's
1: that lawyer who won the big settlement. How many farmers have you helped file claims? Oh, gosh, thousands, thousands and thousands. How do you know they're farmers?
3: Well, this, they fill out the forms, and we, we, we hope that they're telling the truth.
1: So you don't think this is just an opportunity to freeload, to cheat?
3: Although there are some uh, people who cheat, most people are very honest. Most people are very, very honest. They're afraid to cheat if they're filling out a federal form. It's not quite what you think.
1: But given America's culture of entitlement, some don't even view getting checks as cheating. They say all black people deserve reparations.
2: If you are an African-American, you would do $50,000 because your roots are in farming. Your folk have already been cheated. You're just collecting what your grandparents didn't have the opportunity Uh. to
1: after all says the lawyer the government is racist he says the usda
3: is stacked against minorities stacked against blacks stacked against women native americans it's stacked against everybody but white men is there any
1: minority that wasn't discriminated against
3: not to my knowledge
1: so now he's filed lawsuits for all those groups including the women in 1978 women owned just Five percent of all farms. By '97, the number was up to eight percent. Maybe you should sue for men Uh, for for white men.
3: White men don't need any help. How much money will you get? We we, we were paid very modestly—ten million dollars year round. There, it was very, it was very low. Low? Low? I I don't think ten million is low.
1: And Othello Cross says the total lawyers' take (sighs) was much
5: more—somewhere between forty and fifty million. I believe the lawyers made out real well, and uh, I think they was the winners in the whole lawsuit.